Hello there. Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. This is Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S3E15 of Pretty Little Liars. Mona Mania. Mona Mania. Mona Mania. Exclamation mark. Could say that forever. Mm-hmm. Wonder uh, what this episode will be about. Uh, it's a nice play on words, uh, presumably from monomania, a disease which is a form of partial insanity conceived as a single pathological preoccupation in an otherwise sound mind. Who does that sound like? There's no otherwise sound minds on PLL. Mm-hmm. There is, there, no one goes partially insane. There's no moments of frenzy. Yeah, so we open. Arya is at home watching TV on the couch. She's watching an old black and white movie, of course, because she's Arya and nothing exists after, like, uh, Keller was invented for her. Exactly. Uh, Night Must Fall is the movie. <laughs> so, it must. Yeah, so Byron comes in and he just, like, declares that he thinks he's seen this movie, which, ugh, like, already being annoying. And then he picks up the remote and pauses it. And he's like, look, I, I want to talk about this explosion at the school. And, and he's just like, we already talked. Wait, you talked. I got I accused. accused. Yeah. Well, and Arya should just be like, uh, hey, I was watching this, asshole. Yeah, yeah seriously. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. You think you've seen it. So I guess we should pause it. Yeah. Uh, Byron says that Meredith got a call from the principal. And they, they think they know who set the fire slash explosion. And he apologizes to Arya. wanted her to know that he's sorry. Uh, Arya could not give a shit well, he, he tries to kind of reach out and like take Arya's hand and she yanks it away and he's like I know you're still upset at uh, me for accusing you but I want to apologize and she just grabs the remote and like no look like staring down Byron like unpauses it and yeah. uh, goes back to watching the movie so then Byron gets up starts to leave the room but he pauses again to turn back to her and say that's right I have seen this movie before that guy has a head in a hat box. He said, oh yeah, I have seen this one before. That guy keeps a severed head in a hat box. And then just leaves. <laughs> after spoiling the movie for Arya. So, a couple He's times, just like, fuck you, daughter. A couple times on the podcast, we've said things like, you know, sometimes you can really tell that, that Arya is Ella's daughter. Mm-hmm. Arya is also very much Byron's daughter. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in the last episode, like when Arya asked him to shut the door, and so he just walked out and left it open like yeah, a dick. Yeah. Yeah, and then this movie. one, he's just like, oh, yeah, I have seen this movie. Here's what happens at the end. Fuck you. Well, doesn't it make a lot more sense why Mike went crazy? Mm-hmm. I mean, look what he's fucking surrounded by. Yeah. Um. So meanwhile, we're at the high school at night. Spencer, Emily, and Hannah are sneaking through the school. Um. See, with the story in the journal about Byron, uh, they, some of them kind of feel like they have to believe Garrett's story now. So they're they're back to break into this custodian's office again and steal the rest of the journal, which they should have just taken the first time. Third time so they sure. can so they can look for, you know, something some more clues that'll explain why Byron would meet up with Allie that night. Yeah, they're doing it at night to not run into Harold. Mm-hmm. Um like, Hannah <laughs> Hannah just says, The school's basement is creepy at night. Thanks, Hannah. Hannah's smart. Um, mm-hmm. Hannah, Hannah has an interesting hypothesis here because they're like they're still kind of talking about whether or not Garrett is, you know, to be believed. Mm-hmm. He has he has cred, and Hannah ponders that. Well, you know, Garrett was in Allison's room that night. Maybe he just saw the journal, saw the story, made this up about Byron. Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't actually witness it. I don't buy that. Which I thought was 
interesting. But mm-hmm. Spencer says, well, you know, Garrett was shot because he talked to us. So I kind of feel like he has cred. Yeah, it kind of makes me believe he's telling the truth. And uh, Hannah says, I have enough daddy issues of my own. I can't deal with having issues about hers, too. It's just, man, this episode is strong for the uh, Hannah, Zarya, Emily, Spencer theory. Yeah, yeah. But Hannah really, like, if you didn't think that she had owned this scene before, now she really has it. Mm-hmm. They get into Harold's office, and Spencer and Emily go inside, and Hannah keeps watch. Uh, inside Harold's office, Emily can't find the light switch, which is fascinating to me. Um, Spencer senses that something is in well, there. Well, she, she hears a noise and she says, is somebody in here? And then like super creepy, like a, a hoodie figure like rises up from the ground. Yeah. And, hey. uh, oh shit. Rushes out of the office and Hannah's outside and just kind of gets brushed aside, but she does happen to get like a look at the hoodie shoes as a person mm-hmm. runs out. Mm-hmm. Um, but can't really react to stop him. They're like vaguely Doc Martin esque boots. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they go back in the office and see that seemingly all of Harold's stuff has been cleared out. Finally find the light switch. They find Allison's journal on the shelf, and Emily grabs it and says, let's go! But that's not good enough for Spencer, so she grabs the thing, because A's already gone, so like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is she worried about running? So she opens up the thing, flips through the pages, it's blank. Yeah, it's like an identical copy of the same type of journal, but this is a blank one, except, except for one note from A that says, keep moving, ladies, nothing to see here, A. I felt like the adult version of the show, Spencer just looks right at the camera and says, well, fuck. <laughs> and then the credits start. Yeah. Um, so we open up again back at the, on the brew, the rear end of brew and the brew. The liars are all in their, their nook where only they can go. Mm-hmm. Spencer uh, is bringing over coffee to everyone. Uh, Arya's order, in case you're a completist and want to know this, is a soy unsweetened no foam. For which, which Arya proclaims Spencer deserves a medal. I have a special kind of hatred for people who have special orders that they have to order, like at Starbucks or coffee shops. Mm-hmm. It's like, just just get a fucking mocha. You know? Oh, you want it on fat? That's fine. Like, this whole, like, two pumps, unsweetened, like, extra foam, ad shot. Like, I, I just want to murder those people. I, it, they just take for goddamn ever to place their order. They're never happy with it. They're always the ones who come back, and they're like, oh, this tastes like sweetened syrup. So, are you the guy who walks up and just says, just give me a fucking mocha, but non-fat? Grande non-fat mocha. No whip. Yeah, no whip. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a special order. Um, so, Arya's been... Perfection. Arya has been tossing and turning all night. Because, you know, what she's been through is so much more harder than what the other girls have been through. Especially since, <laughs> since they had a physical altercation with potentially A the night before. She's just like, I've just been going insane. The girls are just like, this bitch. I, I took a, a freeze of a, a, a screen cap of Spencer's face at one point, and it's just like, yes, yeah, seriously, she's like this bitch. No, yeah. just keep Ari, talking. Arya's just like, oh, wow, this is so stressful for that one time they did something to me. And they're like, what do you think our lives have been like for the last year and a half? Welcome to the show, Arya. Mm-hmm. Um, Hope you enjoy yourself on the, the PLL show now. You've been on the Ezra show for so long. Well, speaking of which, Arya says that she would go from one dream of keeping secrets from Ezra to another dream of falsely accusing her dad. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, and, they both ended with uh, all of her teeth falling out. Yeah. The rest of these girls have probably discussed it before, but you know they want to have an intervention of Arya about how they fucking hate hearing about Ezra when they're talking about their real problems. I sense that they like, it's like it autom- they automatically tune out. They just like hear the words Ezra 
And they're just like, hmm, yeah, yeah, Arya. And like, they had no idea what she's saying. It's just like, wah, 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 wah. Ezra, yeah. wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Meow, 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 meow. Yeah. Um, so then the girls. Well, Hannah, Hannah is like, oh, yeah, anxiety dreams. Like, mine are all about gum in my hair. And I keep pulling and pulling until I'm bald. And Spencer reveals that her panic dream is academic decathlon when she shows up to state finals with her underwear on the outside. Could be worse. You could be toothless and bald. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we find out Spencer's challenger for the team captain of academic decathlon, Brad something or other, uh, got in a bike accident. It's going to huh. require some physical therapy. Huh, so what if we saw that already? The hmm. grim upside is that Spencer is going to be running unopposed for team captain now. Yeah. He'll need physical therapy. Yeah, but now Spencer's running out of posts. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Emily still can't sleep. Um, Emily, we don't give a shit about your anxiety dreams, apparently. My only my only beef of them going to the anxiety dreams, other than the fact that it gives us the info dump about what's going on with Spencer this week, mm-hmm. is it's like they're telling Arya it's okay. Like her problems, like these yeah. like bullshit problems that she has. Yeah, it's okay, Arya. She just recently joined the show. They're They're trying to, you know, comfort her and be like, oh, it's okay, Arya. Yeah, it's okay. So then, this this is what it's like when A's after you, and you're not just like a weird bystander. Yeah, welcome to our weekly struggles. So mm-hmm. they look over, and there's Mona. She's been watching them. She kind of summons up some strength for something, and then walks over, and yeah. she says, "Hey, ladies." Well, that, as she's walking over, Arya's talking about how she needs to talk to her mom about where her dad was that night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Mona comes over. I, I like how she kind of psychs herself up and comes over and tries to like commiserate about losing sleep. Uh, and she's losing sleep too because of that creepy Harold guy. Yeah. And she says this guy's like stalking her and he, he bribed the real janitor for his job. And I like how Spencer just like this total just like deadpan is like, why would he be stalking you? Yeah. And I, I like how Mona basically feeds them like the kind of liar's own fiction they created in the last episode where it's like, oh, I used to talk to him a lot when I was at the Lost Woods Inn. Uh, and, you know. Eventually, I, I, you know, he, he, he befriended me, but I, I he told ran him, with it. Yeah, yeah, he ran with it, but I had to tell him it was inappropriate, and he didn't take it so well. Which to me, there's, there's a lot of things that could be inferred between the lines there, if any of that is true. I really wanted her to look right at Arya when she said that. Yeah, um, I just want to say real quick that she's wearing this lovely little like outfit. She has like a, a cardigan that has like a faint leopard print on it. Mona is in this particular scene dress like the angelic version of Arya. Well, and meanwhile, Spencer's got like some tweed jacket on. Spencer is rocking like old woman fashion, like hit like updated old woman fashion this episode. Mona would not look at a place at like a like a southern ball. Like that's a that's a nice little like good college girl look for her, you know. She her fashion in this whole episode is kind of a synthesis if you were to put Arya and Hannah in a blender. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Cuz they are the same person. So um, after what happened at the 10K race, which, by the way, this is our first mention that it was the 10K race, mm-hmm. um, Mona went to her parents, and they went to the school administration and the cops. They're all looking for Harold now because he's gone completely off the grid. <laughs> Harold's off the grid. Uh, and so Spencer's like, oh, you really think he rigged that elect- uh, that uh, explosion for you, Mona? And Mona's like, yeah, well, you know, no one can find been. him now. So this is kind of our, even though no one really says it, this is this is the theory. This is the suspect that they have. This is Harold. why no one's putting pressure on the liars anymore. Yeah, and Hannah's like, are you sure it was him? And Mona says, who else would it be? And the liars just all kind of look at her, and they're thinking, this bitch. Yeah. Like, yeah. All of them are just like, really? Do, do we have to say it? Who else could it have possibly been who's in this uh, room right now? Yeah. 
Uh, so anyway, Mona's like, just thought you should know. And then she leaves. Yeah. Emily's like, please tell me no one bought that. And Arya's just like, I'm just glad it's over with so I can b- get back to my Ezra storyline. Well, and Arya's like, well, that's weird since Meredith thought the Thor of, four of them did it. <laughs> and so now they all assume that Mona actually did it herself, you know, to take care of Meredith. But Spencer's just like, listen, I want to head this off right now. So Mona did us a favor. Since we didn't ask her to do this solid for us, we don't owe her shit. Yeah, we did not ask her. We definitely don't owe her anything. And, and they were like, call. Hannah Mona did a favor. Yeah, and Hannah, they're like, what do you think, Hannah? You're the Mona expert. And Hannah's like, I think there's more to the story. Yeah. And we get right to that because the next shot we get is of someone's shoes. Mm-hmm. Possibly we've seen these shoes earlier in the episode and we mm-hmm. pan up to see uh, Lucas. Is at school, like out in the quad, and Hannah walks up, and she wants to talk, and he's just like, not now. You know, he's avoiding Hannah some more, and she's just like, yeah, I know it was you in the basement last night. Lucas is already looking both guilty and squirrely as fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he freaks out and says that they shouldn't be seen together, and she's like, by who? And he's like, who do you think? And he's like, if you want to take a chance and believe that Mona's cured, go ahead. And because he, he, like, he's just like, oh, you trust her now. And Hannah's like, oh, no, I don't. Like, I'm not stupid. And Lucas yeah. is like, oh, I tried to stop her, but I couldn't. And so Hannah eventually realizes that Lucas is the one who started the fire explosion at the 10K mm-hmm. race. Mm-hmm. He says he only did it to scare Mona away. And Hannah's like, well, next time, just get a restraining order or a can of mace like a normal person. <laughs> And Hannah wants to help Lucas, but he's just like, you can't. As long as Mona's back here, we're not safe. Yeah. It's interesting, like, how he thinks that Hannah's completely bought into the Mona Kool-Aid. Like, he mm-hmm. he seems to be completely unaware of the shit that the four girls primarily have been in, like, the deep stuff. Yeah. Um. So Yeah, Lucas is a fucking lightweight. Yeah, so class ends elsewhere. Paige is trying, is the class that seemingly Paige and Emily have and none of the other main cast. Paige is trying to get out of there as fast as possible. She has to get straight home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Emily's just like, hey, why don't you walk me to work at least? And Paige is kind of like, eh, you know, my parents have been very cautious. It's Halloween. They want me out. And Emily's just like, LOL, tell me about it. My dad almost made me quit my job. Yeah. And Paige is like, you know why he's doing that, right? Like, things have happened to you. And it's just like, and to you, um, you know, but I'm just going to keep moving forward. Yeah. Looking back for her ended that night uh, uh, with Garrett or if uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I keep saying Garrett. That night Linda in the James. lighthouse. Yeah. 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 Looking Nate back Saint- in it for me that night, the lighthouse. Nate St. Germain. Um, so meanwhile. Well, because Paige is like, how can you not think about what we went through? And I'm just like, moving on, you know, <laughs> she's like, I just want to I just want to get out there and like, you know get back in, in public and there's a, a party in the woods with the swim team girl she wants to go to and so Paige agrees to go but like definitely doesn't look like she wants to go let me just say that after just having a conversation about the possible need for caution in the face of so much recent craziness mm-hmm. emily then half a breath later suggests a party in the fucking woods at night <laughs> what could possibly go wrong emily's just like honestly Paige, my life is so weird right now i don't even think about it yeah they just like i already killed killed one guy or i'm sorry emily is she's yeah. like i already killed one dude like bring it on yeah seriously now that i have a taste for human blood mm-hmm. um so the party will be on the early side so that emily can be back in time for her curfew and she thinks it'll be good for Paige too and so Paige basically is like nicely peer pressured by her girlfriend to go mm-hmm. to this party mm-hmm. 
Um, so then we cut to Ella's classroom. Students are leaving. Arya comes in. Arya's brought a bunch of newspapers. They were out of the times. So Arya brought copies of the Rosewood Observer. Basically the same thing. Yeah, New York Times, Rosewood Observer. Same thing. Yeah, Ella's, Ella wants her freshman students to realize that there's other news out there besides TMZ. Yeah, <laughs> read the Rosewood Observer and find out about uh, like the mayor's plans. And, yeah. Arya's outfit, it's like, I guess, I, I can't tell if that's a dress or just like a long skirt. She has like this weird black top over a white something underneath. Uh, but then the dress part, it's like long in the back and short in the front. And so it kind of like flows behind her. It's pretty bonkers. Yeah, it's one of those like very short skirts in the front and long and flowing in the back. It did. It, mm-hmm. it, it, you go to high school in Pennsylvania. What are you wearing this for? Yeah. But the Rosewood Observer, uh, we find out utility rate hikes are coming under fire. Uh oh. Philly company goes public today. Penn mm-hmm. State loses in the final seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, historic Philadelphia City Hall will get a major tech update. And Reynolds family calls for new investigation. Like how there's no date on the uh, cover or the front page of the newspaper. <laughs> I was disappointed by that. I always like to get them to like try to address what, what date is on the show. <laughs> I I feel like there was somebody who had that staff, like the mm-hmm. uh, the script person. In the well, show there's like, there's a I moment quit. later in the month where somebody talks about something that's going to, or later in the episode, where somebody talks about what's going to happen in a month. Yeah. And it's like literally impossible for that to be real on the show. Oh, especially considering the two seasons that follow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you try to put this on an actual timeline, your head will explode. You will experience monomania or maybe even monomania. I don't know. Um, yeah. Ella's upset about this, this Garrett stuff. And Arya's like, oh, really? You know, well, she says, if I think about that case too much, it makes, I'm going to run out in the street and scream. And it's like, yeah, not because of Garrett or anything, but because this girl is dead and people still don't know who or why. You know? So Arya's like, well, since you just walked me into this opportunity to get dirt on my father, mm-hmm. let me ask a little bit about that night that Allison disappeared. I always after- love it when Arya gets investigative. Well, I always love it. It's always like Arya. I think in Arya's mind, if you could like like hear her inner monologue, it's like, well, you walked me right up to this moment. So mm-hmm. it's really not my fault if I do something like shitty. Um, so after Byron and Ella dropped off Arya at Spencer, Spencer's barn, you know, for their little, little Labor Day weekend drinkathon, uh, they then went to a faculty barbecue thing at the Hollis Chancellor's. Some, home. Ho- some Hollis faculty bullshit where there was a lot of like hors d'oeuvres and fancy wieners, crap. Wieners uh, and sliders with fancy dipping sauces. And, uh, Ella said, uh, she feels bad when she's talked about this. She says, you needed us that next morning and we slept in, your father and I. I don't think we, we ever, or I ever apologized for that. And Arya's like, yeah, whatever, you know. I wanted Arya to be like, bygones. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I will accept your apology, mother. After I don't, I, I feel like Arya, after I you... ruined your marriage, I will, ex- I will graciously accept your apology. I don't think Arya ever wants an apology for why her parents aren't around. She's yes just and like, no. Fine by me. Well, yes and no. I think there's times when she wants them to be around at her beck and call. Yeah, like, she wants them banished when she wants them banished. But yeah, so uh, they left the party early um, because Arya assumed that meant that they stayed out all night. But no, they left the party early. Ella had stolen a bottle of wine from the party, and her and, and Byron 
sat on the porch and drank that wine. It was a lovely night. Well, the I love, storm rolled in. Yeah, until the storm rolled in. I really love the way that Arya kicked that off by just saying, oh, so uh, you were out late? Like, very innocently. Like, Arya would be the ultimate good cop, you know? Yeah, yeah. She'd just get you talking. Uh, I, you don't want to see her become bad cop. Yeah, and uh, we find out a couple glasses of red and Ella can sleep through a stampede. And so they definitely slept through Arya's first call. Yeah, so... Uh, and Byron, it should be pointed out, was, like, they snuck that bottle of wine home, but they weren't planning on drinking it right away, but then Byron, like, popped it open, and they drank it right there on the porch. Yeah. So it's kind of like, huh, Byron was uh, the impetus for your drinking. And then outside, like, Meredith walks by and, like, starts, like, creeping in the hallway, like, kind of listening in. and Watching the two of them. Um, She can't really hear what's happening in that classroom, but she's watching... Uh. You know, Arya sitting on the desk talking to Ella. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that Meredith's bandage is solely on one forearm. Mm-hmm. This is like, like Michael bas- Jackson. This is basically a bandaid. Yeah, ah, that's more than a bandaid. But uh, Ella is kind of recalling Walk it off, Meredith. Walk it off. Ella is recalling the weirdness of that night. How Arya was at this party with her friends, and she let Byron pour her that extra glass, and they were all enjoying themselves. While meanwhile, something terrible was happening. And at, at I think this, we need to, to revisit this at the end of the episode. Um, yeah, so and then Ella uses th- the word dead of the world. That's where she was. Yeah, and then at, at this, Meredith kind of walks off as though she's just learned something new. You know. And then we get to the academic decathlon. The meeting, yeah, and uh, I think it's the cafeteria, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got a new character here. We don't find out his name immediately, but this is Andrew, who I guess is from the book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wrote down, in quotes, high school student. Andrew, because the dude looks like he's fucking 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's telling Spencer that Brad's uh, other academic decathlon guy, his parents said that he should be able to whisper in a week or so. <laughs> he hit his trachea on the handlebars and the front wheel fell off. The faulty nut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess Andrew's like the secretary of this or something. Cause he's he, the secretary of the academic decathlon. He's running the show and he's like, all right, first order of business. You have a new member. Andrew <laughs> looks like a hipster reboot like a blonde hipster reboot of Clark Kent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's definitely the Clark Kent and to this, Toby's Batman. This is the Justice League of Nerds. Oh, come on. You're just going to let that one lie? Toby is Batman. He's got that hideous face that would look better if it was covered in a big black mask. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. And Toby's just like, swear to me. So who would Caleb be? Uh, Robin. To Toby's Batman? <laughs> I don't know. Caleb looks like a Robin. I don't know necessarily Toby's Batman. <laughs> Let's just have Caleb go ahead and be Nightwing and have at the end of it. Oh. So, uh, on to new business. Mona Vanderall will yeah. be joining them. <laughs> and Spencer's face is just like, what the fuck? Like, she's like, it's like, just panic. Like, like, I don't understand what's going on. You know, like, is this some sort of joke? So, but, but, but without saying anything, she just like, the, her face just communicates that. This is the beginning of a stretch of just brilliant acting from Troy and Belisario. Mm-hmm. Um, so word came down from the faculty advisor, this is happening. Extracurricular school shit is now part of Mona's recovery. Um, and Andrew looks at Spencer, because only Spencer and Andrew are allowed to speak in these meetings. Yeah, seriously. I just um, love the way Spencer's eyes are kind of roving around during this conversation. Yeah, yeah. she's going insane. Uh, he's like, oh, you two have history, huh? Well, that's rough. That's rough. And Spencer's just like, hmm. And then Mona runs in. She's sorry she's late. And she's got, like, some paperwork. She's like, oh, I've got some signatures, and here's my transcript, and here's this. And, like, she hands Andrew this piece of paper. And he's like, okay, uh, second item, team captain. 
running for the position, Spencer Hastings and Mona Vanderwall. And at this point, Spencer's just glaring at Mona and, and Mona just kind of like smiles and shrugs. Yeah. And Andrew's like, well, that's rough. <laughs> now that's rough. And so and, she looks at Mona and asks, why? Okay, why? And Mona says, I played dumb for a really long time, Spencer. I'm not going to do that anymore. This is a chance to show people who I really am. And Spencer says, I see. And when did you even? And Mona says, I kept up with my schoolwork while I was away. That guy. Can we talk about that guy? Oh, that guy. So as she says away, it cuts to this dude. He just throws like this like bitch please side eye at her. It's the most hilarious. Like you can find gifts of it online. It's hilarious. You can find it in your video. It is a Mm -hmm. centerpiece. This guy has the best shruggy bitch face. Um, I believe we'll later find out that his name is Sam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is Sam, and the Asian bro is Conrad, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so just to point out, in the Justice League of Nerds here, we have like blonde hipster reboot Clark Kent. We have Lex Luthor, who I think might be Spencer. And we have Brainiac, which might be Mona, or those two might be reversed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mona also drops off that she memorized the study guide last night. <laughs> Of course she did, because she's, she's a super genius who lives in adrenalized hyperreality. So Spencer, she has this kind of look on her face, like she's very curious how this will play out. So she's, you know, as a, as a student of institutions, she's like, well, Andrew, you're the secretary, call the vote, you know? So about half the folks... Well, he's like, all those in favor of Mona, and like half the group raises their hands, and Spencer's just like, her face is just like, what what the hell's going on right now? Mm. And Mona's like, oh, I did a little campaigning, teehee. Yeah. Yeah, she's so sweet and cute. Um, so yeah, the Asian bro next to Spencer raises his hand, and then he looks over Spencer's face and lowers <laughs> his hand. How much do you want to bet this guy's family is tied up in a basement thanks to Mona? Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, and then Andrew calls the other half, and obviously it's a tie because Andrew votes for Spencer as well. Um, well, she Spencer looks at the guy to her left, and she gives him this look that's like, "That's right." Get your fucking hand up. Well, no, that that dude doesn't vote for her. Oh, doesn't he? No, no, he voted for Mona. The guy right to her left? To her right, you mean, right? No, no. The Asian oh, you're talking about the right. other guy. Yeah. The guy on the left, yeah, he votes for her. And Spencer gives him this look like, yeah, that's right, bitch. Mm-hmm. You vote for Spencer Hastings. Yeah. My parents will throw you out of your fucking house. Yeah. So she also gets Andrew's vote. He does it like the most like nonchalant, like, yeah, sure. And Mona's like, oh, it's a tie. Well, according to the bylaws, we have to have a quiz off. And Spencer's like, you read the bylaws. Of course she did. Um, Something about Andrew and his demeanor in this episode really makes me actually kind of... I mean, they play it like maybe Andrew has uh, a kind of affection for Spencer. Well, here's something that may mean nothing at all. But in the books, he's a love interest for Spencer. So right, I don't know right. if they're just toying with that or what. But I kind of pondered for a minute. Does Andrew vote for Spencer just to make it a tie? That's the imp- that's wouldn't you? I mean, I mean, like, oh, well, and also, so Spencer doesn't murder you. <laughs> I just kind of thought, like, he's just like, you know what? So little interesting things happen in the academic decathlon. Let's have a little fun here. Well, if this guy ever wanted a shot with Spencer, he's got to vote for her. Yeah, this is his moment. Yeah, it's uh, in a lifetime. Of- yeah, so so tomorrow then will be the quiz, and Spencer just completely full of scorn through clenched teeth is just like, good luck. Oh, it's it, but there's more energy to it though. Mm-hmm. It's like good luck. Yeah, 
Yeah, the meeting is adjourned. Spencer bounces. Andrew calls like, after her. I like how when Spencer gets up, she turns to the uh, the dude to her right who voted against her, and she's just like, thanks a lot, asshole, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks for that. I wanted her to, her to just like hit him in the head with her binder or something, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so Andrew stops her, and he's like, well, that was out of left field, huh? Yeah. Andrew I didn't know it was coming. Is quite possibly the whitest character on the show. Yeah. And he's like, look, I know why you want this. Like, you know, it looks great on, you know, to Yale and all that, but, you know, why does Mona? Uh, and he says, nobody asked Mona to play, so put on your Hastings face and spank her tomorrow night like I know you can. And she's like, yeah, good pep talk. She bounces, uh... Andrew's into that whole Yale thing. Oh yeah, he's definitely into that whole Yale thing. Uh, so, and then, and then the Spencer gets a day text. Of course, it says "quit while you're ahead, bitch." Hey, which that one definitely feels like it came from Mona. Yeah. Well, she looks over, sees Mona behind her by herself, getting a soda from the soda machine. Mona just sees her and smiles and waves demurely, and then mm-hmm. leaves. And so, <laughs> Spencer, the look—it's hard to like convey how great some of the facial expressions the girls displaying the scene because a lot of the stuff that's being done to them is so brazen and so mm-hmm. off-putting but like her face spencer's face is just like like she's about to like shiver out of control and be like there's curious game playing afoot you know like she's uh. well i mean spencer here she i wouldn't say she's cracking yet but she is setting herself up to crack like mm-hmm. she's so tense and so paranoid by now and now mona's like fucking up her shit you know yeah, don't don't threaten Spencer Hastings with something to fixate on. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next day at school, the four liars are sitting at their table in the quad area. Which, so these girls just don't truck it with the unwashed masses of the cafeteria anymore. I guess not. They haven't really sat there and since, since season like two, the first season, or yeah, sometimes season two. I don't know. Um, um so, I mean, obviously they still have the set for the cafeteria because we just had one there. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Spencer points out that. Mona is dipping back into the A bag to scare her off, and that's not going to work. Because Emily's like, well, maybe Mona had her, her phone hidden in a bag or something. Like, discussing how she could have sent that text, you know. Mm. Uh, and Hannah is like, hey, is being Captain Brainiac really that important? There and is a charged look that passes between Spencer and Emily. Because they're the same person. Yeah. yeah. They both look very suspicious. And then Emily's like, do you know something we don't? And Hannah's like, no, but, you know, if Mona is back to her old tricks, then maybe we should just stay away from her. Yeah. And Spencer says, like, sabotaging Brad so she could run against me? That's so dot, dot, dot. And then Emily says, Allie. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Because you're expecting a, a Mona or A there, but no. It's so Allie. It is. It is. So, just then, of course, Mona comes into the this, the quad area with her lunch trail, tray. Mm-hmm. She Hannah points out that Mona's coming over, so everyone kind of stiffens a little. Because well, Mona, like, sits down her tray and kind of prepares herself to walk over. Yeah. Yeah, and this is when I really noticed that Mona's fashion is an amalgamation of Hannah and Aria. But uh, Mona comes over, and she stands on the opposite side of the table, but to talk to Spencer, to thank her for being a good sport about all this. Because she knows that both of them running for team captain could have caused some tension and spencer's just like <laughs> like yeah spencer like she, straight up scoffs yeah she she can't believe it. she's just like ah, yeah there's i mean there's like a tut tut on the way there yeah yeah and mona uh, says i didn't mean to make a big deal out of it i mean i would have called her text but and spencer's like oh no mona i got your text yesterday and mona's like she's acting confused she's like uh but i don't have a cell phone that's no, no texting no internet that's part of my release terms from radley 
So Emily asks, because she's on the Spencer kick, how did you post that apology video? And we find out the vice principal gave Mona limited supervised access to the computer lab for her homework. And so this is the first time <laughs> in this scene where Arya chimes in with, I thought it was certainly calculating, but I wouldn't call it trig. Arya's been like working on that burn in her head for the yeah. last 15 seconds. I feel like Arya's been like, I'm not going to say anything in this conversation until it's gold. And then, yeah, it was certainly calculating, but I wouldn't call it trig. Yeah. And then Mona gets a little flustered. I love when Mona gets flustered. Yeah. Because uh, she's so adorable. And she's like, I, I thought it was the right thing to do. And she says it, she reveals that Jason helped her with it. Um, supervised, but it was her idea. Mm-hmm. And Hannah says, We know you're sneaking out of Riley, Mona. How are we supposed to believe anything you say? But and then then Mona, she just, Mona just, she looks so wounded, like she's about to cry. And she says, The doctor said that people might have some trouble. It's just been a little more overwhelming than I thought, you know, to confront the past and work it all out with all of you. Please excuse me. And then she's like runs off to cry at her table, which is the next table over. Yeah. So the girls watch her and Arya said, I love how Arya is always the one who has to chime in with that was just all part of her act. Well, because right? Arya, I think, is the most easily like emotionally swayed. swayed. Yeah. Well, remember Arya- uh, a few episodes ago, after confronting Mona in Radley, Arya mm-hmm. was like, you know what? I don't think she's A anymore. And Hannah's mm-hmm. like, chill your role. Yeah. Yeah, uh, poor Mona has to run off and cry. I love that. Like, they accuse her, and, like, she makes sure that they feel like shit for it. So Spencer's just watching her, studying her eyes narrowing, and Spencer softly says, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then Spencer kind of, like, leads the other girls into getting up and, like, walking away. And so they all kind of pass her with their trays like they're all like just glaring at her as mona kind of like tries to keep herself together and keep from crying you know so then we cut to ella's classroom where ella's packing up her shit to go when meredith walks in uh fucking meredith uh and she's like oh i saw you talking to you by the way earlier what you just said that's the expression on, on on ella's face yeah yeah she's like oh i saw you talking to aria earlier looked intense and I was like, yeah, just mother-daughter stuff. Fuck yeah. off, you know? And Meredith says, oh, I assumed it was about this. And she holds up her like bandage left forearm there. Mm. Uh, that's more than a band-aid. That's like the whole forearm is wrapped in gauze and shit. Mm. Mm. Oh, you're unimpressed? Mm. The guy who doesn't like going to the dentist? Eh. Yeah. And so Anyways, Ella's she holds like... up the forearm and Ella like doesn't even respond. She's just like, mm. yeah. <laughs> unimpressed you know and, oh. and Meredith's like I want you to know I won't be pursuing things and Ella's like yeah because the person who did that was identified you know it's not my daughter yeah bitch. well so the whole time Ella's been like you know I, I need to go I have to monitor detention this week and Meredith like keeps keeping her and uh so Meredith starts going on this whole thing you know I, I just I haven't had an easy time with Aria and she really hopes that all of this stuff, you know, hasn't harmed things between her and Ella. And Ella is like her face goes from this like kind of baseline subdued bitch face to mm-hmm. this like where she looks so WTF that WTF that I really thought Holly Marion Combs might poop. <laughs> um, eventually, Ella's like, look, I'm seeing someone. Byron's clearly taken out the trash. I'm a professional. What what the fuck else? Do you yeah, want? She's like, you know. <laughs> I've got a new young stud. I've moved on. Let's keep this shit professional. Yeah, uh, so they tension. leave. Let's peace out here. Yeah. They leave, but Elle looks pretty suspicious of this bitch. Yeah. As she should. Yeah. So then there's Ari's bedroom. Yeah. 
Arya's bedroom, Hannah and Emily walk in. Emily announces that Spencer has told her that Jason checks out, or whatever that means. He did help with the video. Mm-hmm. And Arya's like, so we still don't know who's helping Mona. Presumably, just, like, sending texts, I think, is what she means. It's interesting that Emily and Hannah proceed to sit on the bed, and Arya sits across from them. Mm-hmm. Arya, let's talk about her outfit here. I have uh, more she, notes later on, but yeah, please. She's wearing a black dress that looks like it might be made out of leather. It's hard to tell. Kind of has a weird texture to it. Uh, big, uh, brown knee-high boots with black laces. And the dress has like a, like a WWF, like championship belt. Yeah. Uh, around the center. I mean, I don't even know what that is. Some weird big gold belt around like her torso. She looks like something that would be worn by like a witch in like a Paul W.S. Anderson movie about the Salem Witch Trials or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks, she looks, it, it, you know what, the accessories to this outfit. It is made out of leather. The accessories to this outfit make it even look more ridiculous as mm-hmm. the episode proceeds. But uh, Arya's not looking so good. She, she's she been feeling a little queasy lately, but she really thinks it's just the stress getting to her. So she talked to her mom yesterday. And Anna's like, yeah, you look a little green. Yeah. As far as Ella knows, Byron was there the whole night, but Ella slept through the storm. Oh, real quick, can I just say when Arya's like, yeah, I've been feeling a little queasy. I don't know. I think the stress is just getting to me. And like, Emily and Hannah both just had this look that's like, this bitch right here. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I want them to be like, that's funny. Today I thought I hated Mona the most. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so... Arya's dad knows how Ella gets after a few glasses of wine, and Arya's like, "I I don't want to believe it was intentional." Well, I like so, when so, uh, when Arya says glasses, Hannah's just like raises an eyebrow, like glasses, really? Yeah. Your mom glasses? <laughs> you <Yeah>. mean bottles? <laughs> That's from the uh, the PLL Tumblr annotations. Nice. So H- Hannah is kind of confused because it's basically like the girls are like. What do you want us to believe here? Because Arya yeah, really. gets super offended if you question her parents. Seriously. She's just literally cast massive blame on her father. And then they'll talk about like not being able to give you a straight answer. Um, oh, and I like how Emily is like, well, maybe uh, Byron is sneaking out to meet Meredith. And that's that's why he like, you know, it got Ella wasted. And Arya's like, no, they weren't seeing each other. No, they weren't seeing each other then. According to my dad. And it's like, really, Arya? Um, so Allison's diary entry states that Byron agreed to meet Allison the night she got back from her grandmother's and that was the night she disappeared. So Arya very defensive is like, well, maybe they're going to meet a different time. And she's going to, you know, I guess like, well, they start to like debate the interpretation yeah, of the journal the text. And so she's like, Arya, here, let me show you. Yeah. Um, she stashed the pages in the left foot, left boot of one of her ginormous boots, but it's gone. So Emily and Hannah come over to help her, and they're throwing boots around. Yeah, checking all the boots for not uh, finding these, these diary, pages. diary pages. When Byron just appears in the doorway and says, "Quite a mess you're making there." Did you lose something? Like shit-eating grin. Yeah. Like yeah. And the girls they all lie, and they're like, "Oh, we're just looking for a match to this boot." Oh, here it is. And then right Byron, the super creepy. He's like, "Hey, you remember when Mike used to raid your Halloween candy?" You always used to stash it in your snow boots. He never thought to look there. I always thought that was pretty clever. Well, I'll get out of your hair. Yeah. And the Arya and Hannah and Emily are just like, what? Like, wow. You know, like, well, it's like he's rubbing it in your face, Arya. Arya walks over. She shuts the door. She turns back to them and she says, he knows. Mm-hmm. But really what she's wanting to say is, we just got straight up Melissa Hastings. Yeah, really. Um. Also, Byron. The, the reason Byron is there is the shock to them is because they thought he was working tonight. He's not working tonight. 
because a uh, a colleague took sick, and now we- Byron has to go to a conference for a few days. You know, whenever Byron explains why he is or isn't working or going to be out, I completely tune out. Like, I don't even pay attention to what he says. It's yeah. The only information that seems important is either, are you going to be around or not around? It's because it's always like, blah, 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 faculty luncheon, blah, 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 have to give a lecture. Like, who, you know, who even it's, cares? It's a busy life being an art appreciation teacher. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to take it twice. Mm-hmm. So Spencer is now studying for her quiz off with Toby. She's listing off all of the Slavic estans. The Eastern um, Bloc countries, yeah. Toby's impressed because not only has she listed them off, but she did it in alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. The Spencer's. I, uh, in, oh, sorry, Ben. I was say I one point during my notes I had paused the thing to do something else, and mm-hmm. uh, I paused it right on a freeze frame of Toby smiling. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, yeah. So Spence is not done studying yet. She needs harder quizzing. She needs to focus on the earth sciences. She needs to do this and that. Toby comes over and immediately starts the shoulder massage. That's his, his go-to move now. He's yeah. like, Spencer likes the massages. I'm just going to keep doing those. Yeah. Uh, and he talks about, oh, maybe I should come by uh, the, the contest tonight. I can like give you more back rubs and between rounds and all that. Wrap your, wrap your knuckles. Hold your spit bucket. Yeah. And Spencer says, okay, this is not a prize fight, uh, but I would like to punch her. Yeah. Spencer wants Toby there, but Toby has dinner with his boss tonight. Yeah. His like contractor boss. That That checks out. You mean over in Bucks County? Um, so Tony, Toby points out that this isn't just about looking good at colleges on a transcript anymore. And Spencer, I love that she, she's like, there are 42 clubs at Rosewood High, and Mona picked this one. Mm-hmm. She's baiting me. And uh, then at this point, Toby's you know boss calls, and Toby takes it, and he's like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll stop on the way. Yeah. And so Spencer runs upstairs as Toby's leaving to go have dinner with his boss. So, Hannah, meanwhile, goes to visit Lucas in his room, which, Jesus. Oh, man. This Jesus room. Christ. This is the full-on nerd room. He's got a... Uh, he's living a in the Big Bang Theory. He's got, like, a speed racer car, and, like, it's, like, a Transformer thing. And, like, he's got certain comic books of, like, Fantastic Four, like, old editions, like, up on the wall. Well, like, yeah. He's like, got like, a whole wall of, like, Batman shit. Do you remember the the art gallery that Samuel Jackson has in Unbreakable? That's where Lucas made his bedroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a ton of Batman figurines, but of the X-Men, I want to point out, Lucas has a Forge action figure. Maybe it's worth something. Forge. Mm-hmm. The guy who created Forge doesn't have a Forge action figure. He's got a lot of Batman stuff. A lot of Batman uh, stuff and some Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mona, she dressed like Catwoman. Something, something, something theories. Um, so, yeah. A so lot Lucas, of Fantastic Four up. I mean, Fantastic Four is one of the lamest comics there is. No comment. Um, oh, so Lucas oh. says that he's, <laughs> I was just going to make a joke about uh, the movies and Marvel can- uh, canceling mm-hmm. Fantastic Four comics, but I don't have it there. It's nothing clever. Um, so he says he's leaving Rosewood High to be homeschooled because that's the only way he can think of to get away from because well, hannah's there she's like look i uh i know you warned me about mona but we kind of poked the bear today so i want to make sure she didn't take it out on you and he's like not my problem i'm gonna be homeschooled mona can't get to me when i'm homeschooled and it's like really lucas you don't think mona could get to you when you're homeschooled i want 
in the next episode to find out that like Lucas's house is burned down. It's like they found Lucas dead. Yeah. 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 Surrounded by his fucking figurines. <laughs> just like a message that says, "Oh, really? I can't get to you at home." Yeah. Like a like a Batman figurine sticking out of his ass. Mm-hmm. Um, Mona, we find out, has been blackmailing Lucas and still is. Yeah, she since, has been since this, the masquerade ball. So yeah. Um, since the last episode of season two, he says he was, uh, he got an anonymous text telling him to distract Jenna at that ball, which is weird. It's like two people were like blackmailed into like going to talk to Jenna at the stupid masquerade ball mm-hmm. for what purpose only Mona knows. So then Mona got in contact again with him while she was in Radley. Mm-hmm. He was tasked to bring an, an envelope from Jason DeLaurentis to Mona. Hmm. I feel like we never follow up on that in this show. Do you think it's the... Did we ever find out what the $50,000 was? Where that went? It kind of seemed like it went to Ezra, because then he had like fifty grand in the next episode. From the car? From the car there was, he was There selling. was so much follow-up with like Wes and the mom. Yeah, the yeah, I guess. Could have been... What, I think that, that was probably just a red herring, I guess, to make you think Ezra is involved. Why does Mona need fifty grand in the mental hospital? Anyway, so later... When Lucas told Mona that he was out, that he was done, she tried to run him over. <laughs> yeah, and uh, did he ever meet with anyone else? Like, no, like, he's just been the middleman. Like, Mona's insulated himself. Uh, Which, she, his remember, big secret, I'm sorry, go ahead. I would say, he, he didn't see the driver that night, but it had mm-hmm. to be Mona. And I just thought to myself, Mona would have had to sit, like, on a stack of, like, phone books. Yeah, really. In that car. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... Uh, the blackmail, the actual thing that she has on Lucas was that he was selling like cheat sheet answers to the school's tests right. o- online. And like Mona knew about this. And so he's after she tried to run him over, he's like, he shut everything down. He's going to disappear at homeschool where Mona can't touch him at all. It'll be completely invincible. Yeah. Mm. Um, who would he sell him to? Anyone who had cash. I want Mona to just like drop out of the ceiling right now. And just be like, hey guys, and then walk out of the room. Yeah, like her just a whistle and like they look up and there she is, like mm-hmm. prop between like the uh the ceiling fan and like the other wall. Yeah. So well, Lucas like, is like his like, you know, dark crimes are so weak, like, ooh, selling test answers. I really wanted to be like uh like one night when like Caleb was living there and he's just like like doing like hacker shit. Mm-hmm. He just kinda like guffaws to Lucas, like, you know, I could probably like get all the test answers here. It's just that easy right here on the yeah, really. web. And like anyway, I'm gonna go take a shit. And then like Lucas just like looks at like Caleb's laptop like, like I gotta uh, go take a shit. I'll just leave this window open to the deep web right yeah, on my uh to my computer web. here. <laughs> so meanwhile in Arya's room, she's cleaning up that like storm of boots that she stirred up on the floor mm-hmm. when she gets a message on the computer it's from ezra who sent her a message saying coming up for air thought i'd say hi look at the, the picture av- ezra's yeah. avatar it's like this totally corny picture of ian harding uh is it is it the picture possibly from that old-timey camera montage he's like this season? no it's not but he's definitely he's like kind of sticking out his chin like tilted to one side a little like it just looks so corny uh but then so Arya responds, miss you, babe, right like the wind, exclamation mark. Arya is already, like, in her head, or possibly writing down, like, her third or fourth draft for when she accepts her Girlfriend of the Year trophy. Mm-hmm. By the way, they're using AOL Instant Messenger. Is I that it? I am? Yeah, it's basically AIM. But whenever we see a computer on the show, it's running some, like, 
custom flavor of Linux that you've never seen. Like, yeah. none of these operating systems are real. So, Ari hears noises outside of her room. She goes and, like, opens her door a crack. And there, in the hallway, Byron is having a loud argument with Meredith. Uh, what's he saying? He's saying, why would you question? It's my daughter. Wait, are you going to walk away in the middle of this? Mm-hmm. And Meredith says, I can't even look at you right now. And Byron says, Meredith, listen, listen. And he, like, she turns and he kind of, like, grabs her arm, the injured one. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, squeezing it. And he's like, I will not let you run away from me. And he's, like, screaming at her. And, and she Meredith is like, Byron, my arm. Yeah. She runs off and Byron's like, I didn't mean... And then, right then, like, when he looks like he's about to get, like, his most, like, most, like, Wolfman-esque, mm-hmm. uh, Arya is just like, Dad, what's going on? And he turns around, he's like, everything's fine, and he just, like, grabs her door and shuts it. <laughs> he just, like, pushes her back inside and shuts the door, yeah. Yeah. So, meanwhile, in the woods, at night... <laughs> Paige is driving, and she's like, are we close? And she looks kind of tense, and Emily's like, yeah, it's a few more miles, according to this GPS, and Paige is like, that's really far out of town. You know, and like she's starting to freak out, and Emily's like, "Are you okay?" And Paige's like, "Nope, gotta pull over." So she pulls over and gets out, and it's like hyperventilating. You know, yeah, it has a massive panic attack. Can't even, yeah. Emily's like, "It's a party, be cool." And Paige's like, "I'm sorry, I just can't go. Okay, it's not just a party. I can't do anything since Halloween." Uh, and yeah. she says she's been able to hide it from Emily since Emily's been like on lockdown too. Uh, but she lied about her parents restricting her. Like she's not on restrictions. She's just afraid to go out in public. Yeah, she barely leave the house to go to school. Well, then it gets even dumber because she's freaking out about being so weak because she thinks that Emily likes strong nah, women. This is legit. Um, because Emily's like, "Why didn't you tell me about this?" And she says, because I didn't want you to know. You like strong women, right?" After Nate was gone, I thought everything would be okay again, and then Garrett died. I actually and- really like Lindsay Shaw line delivery because it's yeah. it's almost unintentionally comedic. She's like, "After Nate died, I thought everything would be fine. Then Garrett died." <laughs> yeah. And now all he can think about is when the next bad thing is going to happen. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm scared, I ruined your night. And Emily's like, well, you haven't ruined anything, let's just go take a walk, get some air. Well, I think, does Emily like strong women? Sure. But as we discussed, that's not the predominant quality Emily looks for in her women. She needs them to be just balls out fucking crazy, too. Yeah, she mostly looks for the crazy. But yeah, Paige, is, she's not strong, she's not an Amazon. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, at the quiz off, Spencer shows up. She's getting her game face on. Mona is already there making sweet time with everyone. Spencer's outfit. She's wearing, man, like black capri yeah. pants, a yeah. blue jacket of some sort that has like weird metal zippers on the pockets. Mm-hmm. It's kind of blazerish, but not totally. Over like a uh, white button up shirt with like a brooch at the collar. A fucking brooch. She looks like, uh... but but the the white shirt and the blue jacket are like three quarter length, so she has like her forearms exposed, and and the hair is up, of course, because she's she going, looks going like into some battle. Kind of weird, anachronistic like governess. Yeah, yeah, it looks bizarre. Yeah, so Mona's gotten a get well soon card for Brad, and you know, does Spencer want to sign it? And Spencer's like, well, the whole team already sent flowers, so and Mona's like, well, there's no such thing as too much encouragement. When you're on the mend. I like at the very beginning of the scene, we kind of hear Mona talking to Andrew. And Mona's saying, that's terrible. What kind of person does that? And we can presume she's talking about Brad. Which is like, well, you engineered that. Yeah. (laughs) So, the girls then take their places for the tournament champions. And let's just say, there is such an epic feel to this thing. Like Even before before that, when uh, Mona's like, oh, there's no such thing as too much encouragement. You're on the mend. 
Spencer just stares at her. Like, she can't even, like, respond. She's just like, like, wow. You know, like, I, it, Spencer doesn't know how to deal with somebody who lies so blatantly to her face. The thing is, they're, they're used to people acting guilty, but Mona just doesn't ever. I was going to say lives could be ended here at this contest and legends would be born. But really, if the two of them could talk for real, like they could mm-hmm. drop the pretenses, Mona would tell Spencer that there's nothing Spencer can do if all her strength. Tonight, she's going to have to break her one rule. <laughs> you know? So there's a table set up for them. There's like spotlights on the table. Yeah, Each the, the lighting in this is fascinating. Has a, a pad and a pen, which they will not be using. There's like a like a ding dinger, like you're trying to get the. Well, they each have the, a little bell. Bellhop yeah. to come, yeah, and then a bottle of Perrier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of the act into Cafon sits down in chairs, and the arrangement here is fascinating as well. There's a row of four chairs behind Andrew, who's like had one chair in front of them, mm-hmm. and they all sit down at the same time, like some sort of weird tribunal. You know, Andrew will be like the master of ceremony slash the guy who verbalizes a question. At one end, Sam, the bitchy shrug face dude, is I guess like the keeper, keeper of, of time. Yeah. yeah, and then Conrad is the Asian bro who just marks the scores over on the board. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, what do we got here? He's... Andrew will give you up the questions. High well, score An- wins. Andrew, by the way, is dressed like a forty-year-old college professor. Yeah, yeah, he looks like he could. He's got like tweed jacket, vest over a uh, shirt and tie. He looks like he could be teaching English at Hollis now because they have an opening in the department. It's mm-hmm. when t- the last professor got fired for squirrely reasons. Yeah, so Andrew will give you the questions. High score wins. After you, he says buzz, but you're not buzzing. Mm-hmm. You're you're dinging. Uh, you get you have ten seconds to answer your question, um, and then throughout these scenes, so they'll cut you know back and forth to this. There's like this weird techno score. Well, yeah, as they sit down, like this, like techno starts like revving up. You know, I kept like, waiting for the uh, the shrug bitch face guy to be like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so it's like, are you ready? And Mona just gives a little cute thumbs up, and Spencer's just like, let's do this. The first question. I don't have all the questions. Right I didn't write down any of the questions. Is yeah. Alexander Hamilton? Um. So Spencer Spencer immediately gets the first two right, and Mona kind of looks overmatched. Like, Mona dings for one, but then gets it wrong, and Spencer corrects her. So Spencer looks in charge at the beginning of this contest. Yeah, yeah. So then there's Meredith and Arya and coffee. Arya's outside the window looking and watching Meredith. I don't know if we're at the Rubendo Brew or the Apple Rose Grill. I really could not tell. It looks like the Apple Rose Grill, but I think it's the rear window brew. I could not tell. There's like a... Inside the place, once they come, once she comes inside, there is an old timey phone booth in one corner, and there's a dude sitting in it just. Oh no, that's that's the Apple Rose Grill because we see that phone booth in season. Okay, four. then they're at the Apple Rose yeah. Grill. Um, Arya walks up to sad face Meredith and says, "I followed you." Yeah, it's so creepy. She's like, "I followed you." So, this well, is they're both the, like kind of misty eyed in this scene. Yeah, this is the addition to Arya's outfit. She's put on this half a jacket. It's a jacket that only covers her sleeves and, like, a little bit of her throat. like Sleeves, shoulders, and, like, her collarbones. Yeah, her, her boobs and chest and torso are still totally uncovered. There's some small amount of cleavage. Yeah, she you can still see her dress, which now looks more like a leather corset. She mm-hmm. looks like an S&M bondage villain. Well, the, the jacket's also beige, which, like, doesn't even match the rest of it. But I, I mean, like, this jacket and this dress should have come with, like, a riding crop. 
It looks yeah, so seriously. weird. I mean, like, this is one of those times where if Byron wasn't being a full-on preoccupied shitty dad, he would have been like, what the fuck are you wearing? No, yeah. you can't leave the house like well, that. Well, it's like, it's fitted, too. It's it's extremely tight in the front and back. Yeah, Mistress for, for Aria. For what little it covers, you know. Mistress Aria only wears fitted leather. Yeah. Um, Aria tells Meredith that she's never seen her dad that angry before. So Meredith tells her to sit. Yeah. Uh, is there something going on, something I should know about? And... She, Meredith is saying that uh, it's not, or what Arya says that it sounded like uh, she caught Byron in a room. Mm-hmm. What, what was he doing? And Meredith says, rifling through papers. That wasn't the first time I caught him. He was going through my purse yesterday. He thought it was yours. Yeah. When asked, when she asked him what he was doing, he couldn't answer because he seemed like he was caught and defensive. Yeah, so when Byron took Mike to a friend's place earlier this evening, Meredith went on her own hunt. And she couldn't shake the feeling that he was lying. First of all, what the hell does Mike think of Byron dating Meredith? Yeah. So anyways, Meredith found those Allison diary pages in Byron's drawer. Like how Meredith just like, yeah, so I did my own searching in your house. Yeah. And I, I found those diary pages in uh, Byron's dresser. So she holds them up and Arya immediately grabs them. Mm-hmm. Um... Every and time Ari- those things are, are present, Arya will grab them. Yeah, and Arya's like, did you read them? Do you know what they mean? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I do. And Arya's like, well, that doesn't make sense. You weren't seeing him then. And Meredith's like, he came to see me that night, actually. <laughs> well, she says that Allison was shutting her out back then. Which is Allison? Isn't that what she says? No. Meredith says that Allison was shutting her out back then because... No, Byron. Byron was shutting her out. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah so... Um, no, but so, yeah, when she says that, uh, when he came to see her that night, uh, Arya screams, my dad was with my mom the whole night. And Arya's like, or Meredith's like, did he tell you that? Well, it's funny how she totally doesn't trust her dad on the one side, but then at the same time, like, we'll just take anything he says as fact. Yeah. You know, it's like, really, Arya, you can't possibly imagine that your dad wasn't with your mom the whole night. Her anxiety dream was about falsely accusing her father. Mm-hmm. So and we then, find out. And then not telling him that he has a son because yeah. it's really <laughs> the same thing. So we, we find out that uh, Meredith, uh, he went over to see Meredith because he thought that she had something to do with the Allie blackmail thing and that she was pushing Allie to get more money. But she still thought that Meredith was on the trash's office. Yeah. Uh, and then he left Meredith's place to go meet Allie. Meredith tried to change his mind. She begged him. And then the next day, Allie was missing. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, cut up back to the quiz off. More techno music. More answers. At this point, the score is like Spencer 6, Mona 2. Uh, mm. And it's things like Operation Petticoat? Nope, it's Operation Pegasus. A picaresque novel or a Bill Dunsroman? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Spencer seems to be crushing it, but Mona, she's keeping up at least. Yeah, yeah. She's only like three or four points behind at any given mm-hmm. point. So then we cut back to Paige and Emily are walking to the woods. They decided to earlier take a walk and just kind of clear Paige's confused head. They're holding hands. Paige They're is gonna... sorry once again. And yeah. Emily's just like, ah, eh, forget it. And, you know, geez, like we can stop getting some Froyo. And someplace, and, someplace well lit, lots of people and a whole lot of Emily. Yeah. Paige wants lights, people and Emily. That's good for Paige. And they get back to the car and Emily's like, your car looks funny. And it's because there's a flat tire. The rear uh, left tire is flat. And so Paige is kind of getting a little, not like totally panicky yet, but she's getting a little agitated. She gets Jack out, tells Emily to get a light. Uh, and Emily's just like, calm your tits, bitch, you know? Yeah. 
Well, and good for Paige, though, being a teenager who really knows how to, like, take care of her car. Um, but as she gets down there and gets the light on there, it's to not really... that fucking hard to change a tire. For most teenagers, as she gets down there and really gets into it, like, she finds out the tire was indeed slashed. Yeah, once they get the light on it, it's like, oh, there's a huge ass slash in that tire. And Paige is fully panicking now. And then they look up and they hear a noise. And Paige is like, let's, uh, like run back to town. And Emily spots like a little hoodie, like an A person watching them. Mm-hmm. And she runs right after this person. Yeah, she immediately takes off after them, and Paige kind of sighs and then goes after her. Yeah, because Paige is like, "What the hell?" But then now she's alone, so she has to run after Emily. So uh, Emily chases this A for a few minutes in cool, the woods. Cool wood chase. Uh, Emily is like holding the flashlight as she runs, so it mm-hmm. it makes a neat visual. Um, but A eventually loses them, and Emily's like. Her blood's up now. She wants to keep looking, and Paige's like, can we just go home? Like, let's get the fuck out of here. Well, Emily, because Emily is Spencer, Mm -hmm. does not want to hear that she lost, A. She knows that she didn't, that she's right behind them, that they must be right here somewhere. Mm -hmm. But eventually, yeah, Paige convinces her to leave, and then we kind of cut over a little bit, just a few feet away, where we see Toby, the A, hiding behind a tree, tree, like, like, gasping for breath. I mean, like, Good job, Emily. You were right. You did catch him. You seemingly cornered him. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to the quiz off. Uh, yeah, Mona has run out of time on a question, so Spencer is able to take her point with the answer. Uh, the lighting is fascinating here because the it, there's like kind of a blurry vignette around the edges. This is uh, interrogation lighting. Yeah, but the way it's framed, there's like a blurry vignette around the the frame and then spencer is kind of like bathed in light like both spencer and Mona are bathed in light and the the bell that they're ringing is like right at the front of the shot like right in the middle it's like there's a uh war in heaven and all the angels mm-hmm. fighting each other yeah so um spencer's up by three points uh they decide to take a break spencer looks over and well sees- andrew andrew suggests that they take a break yeah this is round two is over uh, Spencer just looks over and sees Mona gulping her water and looking a little, little frazzled, a little nervous. By the way, and it's 13 to 16 right now. 13 to 16. Spencer says, you know what? I'm ready to keep going. Yeah. And so Mona doesn't want to look weak. So she kind of, you know, sure. Yeah. Let's just keep going. And, and Andrew, like, he looks not to Mona, to Spencer and says, are you sure? It looks like she could use a break. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's like, yeah, she's fine. Let's do this. Yeah. Spencer's confident, and she's more than ready to d- ably defeat her victim. Mm-hmm. And then she crushes the next two questions that she gets. Yeah. And so we see more kind of montage of bells ringing, you know, and then finally we're, we're down to the wire here. And Andrew says, Spencer, you have 10 seconds to answer. Get it right, and you win. Uh, and she, the So Spencer kind of says what her question is. She says, the 15 countries that became independent with the dissolution of the Soviet Union. And then she kind of like smirks and she's like in alphabetical order. This is the question that she, at Maya. Had, she had with Toby earlier. Yeah, so we know she studied this. Yeah, she sneers at Mona. Um, she falters a little bit halfway through and Mona points out that she missed two countries. Well, because she, she kind of like, it's like she's nailing it. She's getting every country and then like she, it's like she blanks her second and Andrew's just like Spencer and she's like, no, I got this. And then she, uh, she gets to Lithuania and Mona's like, you forgot Latvia. Yeah. And Spencer's like, uh, Russia. And Mona's like, you forgot Moldova. And then yeah. it's time. And so now it's Mona's turn for the win. And so Mona just like finishes off the last couple of countries that Spencer left out. And Andrew's like, Mona, if you want the win, I need to hear the entire correct answer from you. 
And then Mona, just all business, she's like, by population or gross domestic product? By population or GDP? Oh, fuck yeah. Um, so. And Spencer just stares at the bell in front of her. Yeah. So later, Arya comes home and Byron is like staring into the fire. Uh, he's Byron, Byron's fire. move is always to like look wounded when he's being the ass, you know. Let me tell you who Byron is not. He's not Peter Hastings. No, Peter so, Hastings would be mi- mixing a scotch right now. Yeah, and be like, "Oh yeah, I know Meredith probably told you a lot of crazy things, <laughs> but you can't trust that bitch." Everything you don't bring Peter Hastings serious scotch. Peter Hastings has serious mm-hmm. scotch. Yeah, Meredith is with. Arya. He pour. He puts out two glasses and only pours one of them. That's right. Um, so Meredith just wants to grab a few things and go, but Byron, you know, he would like her to stay and talk. So she says, fine. And Arya leaves him to it as if Arya like has just magnanimously like, like fixed her dad's love life or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Arya's, Arya's like suddenly them. teamed up with Meredith. It's like the, the sisterhood has, uh, coalesced. And so now she's on Meredith's side because her dad is being a jerk. So meanwhile, at the rear end of Brew, after the Decathlons, uh, this is kind of like Mona's victory party because Spencer lost. Mona's handing out cupcakes to everyone. Andrew comes up to Spencer and says, hey, tough loss. <laughs> and he says, you know, we can still shut this down. Go to the faculty advisor, plead special circumstances, blah, blah, blah. And Spencer's like, would you want to win that way? So Hannah shows up then. Um, Spencer has, she asks how it went, and Spencer just has to say, I lost. I love the way she says it. It's one of my favorite line readings by Troy. And she's like, um, I lost. It's like, uh, she, she has not, she doesn't fully contemplate the words that she's just been forced to say. Well, and the way she smiles, like it's, it, she can't quite believe it, but, uh, it's, it's almost humorous how horrible this, this outcome has been for her. You know? So instantaneously though, Hannah comes back with, did she cheat? And Spencer says, yeah. But then she kind of pauses well, because she says she's like, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I, I I just really blew it and I need to get out of here. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's like Spencer, like, that, that's her instinct. Of course, Mona had to have cheat. But then mm-hmm. she's like, she realizes she has no way to prove that. She has, well, and there's nothing to show that Mona cheated. I think Spencer could handle if Mona cheated. Being beaten by Mona fairly. Exactly. exactly. That hurts. That cuts yeah. deep. Well, yeah, like I said, is, is she, she realizes that there's nothing to show that Mona's mm-hmm. cheated. Um, and that Mona might have, I think she's even contemplating the fact that Mona might have even been fucking with her at mm-hmm. the start of the round or yeah. the game. Um, I like how we, we cut over and we see Mona has like handed, uh, it was at Conrad, like this cupcake with a little star in it. And Mona is like, she has both hands on her heart. Like she's like so grateful to be talking to this guy. Oh, she's <laughs> you can probably tell saying, Conrad, I'm so glad you made the right decision. Your parents, I really live. didn't want to have to kill your family. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Toby can't help Spencer because he's still at dinner with his boss. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah's going to take Spencer out of here, but first she just need, I I just need to do this thing real quick. Well, and she marches over to Mona. Spencer, who has dinner with their boss? Come on, you're well, supposed to be the smart one. You're a contractor. You're not having dinner with your boss. You're a 19 year old contractor. You're like, oh yeah, I have dinner with my boss tonight. I can't hang out, and she's like, that totally checks out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Hannah wants to have a little chat with Mona first. And I, I got the dialogue here. She says, I'm on to you. Okay. Nothing's changed. You're still pulling strings and pushing buttons, manipulating lies, using people's secrets. You know, I wasted months visiting you, defending you, feeling guilty for everything you did to me. And I kept thinking, maybe if I was a better friend, you almost reeled me in. I'm scared, Hannah. I need you. 
bullshit is what she should say. She says, bull crap. I know you're still a, and I know what you're doing to Lucas and I want it to stop. No, I'm done. I don't see, I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear from you and I don't want to know you. Mm-hmm. And as she's saying this, like Spencer's approaching behind. She's like, Hannah, Hannah, don't, you know, don't do that, you know? And, and Mona is tried to argue this a little bit. Hannah's, Hannah's done with that. And so she walks away and Mona's just like, I'm sorry you feel that way. But as she watches Hannah go, like the anger starts to return to Mona's face. Yeah. Like that got under Mona's skin. Perhaps her mask of sanity is slipping. Mm-hmm. So later in Spencer's place, she's laying on, on the couch with an ice pack on her head, feeling sorry for herself. There's mm-hmm. a competition in a month. With overnight travel. We're going to come back to that. In a month, sure. We're, yeah. we're going we're to come back to that. Spencer won't be able to sit on that bus with Mona. And Hannah is like, she's bringing her more ice. And she says, maybe you should throw her under the bus. <laughs> yeah, she's not sure how she's going to survive a weekend with Mona. And uh, Hannah says, maybe you should throw her under a bus. Literally. Yeah, and so then Hannah gets a text from A that says, cut Mona off. Big mistake. You're not the only one who can slice and dice. I like how... Uh, Spencer takes the ice pack off and she says, I'd actually need to remove my brain and soak it in an ice bath. Like, that's where she is right now. But yeah, Hannah gets this text and it's basically like, whatever, you know? And she's like, that's definitely not Lucas. And Mona used him like an evil personal assistant. And there's got to be more people out there who are much worse than him. More dark agents? Mm hmm. Spencer says, You shouldn't have yelled at her. And Hannah's like, fuck it. We know her tricks. She says, I'm not going to live my life in fear. Mona can't hide from us anymore. Yeah, And I really like this line from Spencer. She says, do you remember when she started to unravel the other day in the courtyard? I saw her crack like that tonight. I thought I could rattle her cage and send her running. That's what made me lose, because I got cocky and competitive. I saw the soft underbelly and I I lunged. And she basically is like, uh, you know, Mona did that on purpose. Like, she doesn't have to hide behind A anymore. She can take us down right out in the open. So Spencer thought she saw uh, Mona's, you know, tell. And Mm -hmm. Mona doesn't have a tell. Yeah, oh, Mona showed thing, her weakness only to crush her when Spencer got cocky. The only thing missing cocky. from this scene, and Spencer is right, Hannah, maybe you shouldn't have done this. I, I know it probably mm-hmm. felt great, you shouldn't have done this. But I think the only thing missing from Spencer to like then put a Hannah hand on her shoulder and say, you know, thank you, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because okay. really, that's what Hannah's responding to. Is like That's the straw that broke the, the camel's back, is that you just ruined Spencer Hastings? <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will now verbally like, like bitch slap you. So meanwhile, in Emily's bedroom, we find out Paige is going to stay over. I like how she's like, I told my mom I would sleep downstairs on the couch. As we see Emily like making a little bed on the floor in her room for Paige. Yeah. I oh, I, I mean, took that to be like, uh, well, Paige, Maya got the bed. Um, well, yes. I like how Paige is just in like sweats and a black t-shirt, which managed to be a much better look for Lindsay Shaw than like the crazy shit they normally put her in. Yeah, whoever's dressing Paige... More plaid, more jean jackets. Yeah, I mean, she's not like a lesbian lumberjack. Come on, or like a weird like metal fan or whatever. That anyway. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so you know, she's like, like Paige is just amazed at how Emily can handle all this because you know Emily feels bad because she told Paige about eggs, and that, that's why Paige is obviously weird all the time. But Paige is just like, you just straight up chase someone through the woods. Like you refuse to get scared, and Emily says, "I still get scared." But mostly, I get angry. I don't deserve to live like this. Neither do you. She suggests to Paige that she should see somebody, like a shrink. (laughs) Um, Paige Paige promises to think about it. it, So I thought it was interesting is that Emily 
not only does not give Paige like like doesn't allow her to share the bed, and you could talk about you know Emily's parents or whatever, but she basically puts Paige to bed. Well, she tucks her in, gives her a kiss, good night. Yeah, it's like she's Although, a child. I mean, yeah. Let's be real, teenagers by two in the morning, somebody snuck into somebody else's bed there. Like that's just that's happening. I, I'm I'm just wondering if like when Paige tried to do that and tried to give Emily her back massage. And Emily's just like, I only get fucked at 2 a.m. by strong, crazy women. Sorry. You um, might be crazy, but you're clearly not strong. So, well, before we move on, uh, th- there's a couple of lines in these last few. I, I put them in the video I edited because I really like them. Uh, Hannah says, uh, da, 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 da. I'm not going to live my life in fear, which that and then Emily saying, I don't deserve to live like this and neither do you. Like, they're starting to reject like their current circumstance, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they've been tortured for so long that like, they just, they can't do this anymore. You know, it's interesting that the primary personalities of Spencer and Aria are starting to have essentially their own version of identity crises mm-hmm. and their alternate selves, Ham- Hannah and Emily are getting stronger. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing as the show goes on is that Arya and Spencer seem to get weaker as the show goes. Like their, their strengths like kind of devolve. Like they, they just sort of like lose themselves. Whereas Hannah and Emily seem to develop. Like Arya and Spencer definitely devolve, I would say, over the course of the show. Like they, they just slowly start to like slip away from reality. Whereas Emily and Hannah, you know, like Hannah had that breakthrough with, uh, this shrink like talking to you know fake Allie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily is obviously much stronger now than she used to be. Right, like they're kind of leveling up while Hannah and Spencer are just losing it. Right. So we then we cut oh, to sorry, Arya and Spencer are losing it. <laughs> cut to Arya at home. She's in bed with like a thermometer in her mouth. <laughs> uh, Byron went to Hollis to catch up on some work, which I'm sure you tuned that. Blah out. blah blah. Byron's gonna be gone for a few days. Yeah, so Meredith brings in two cups of tea for one for her and one for Arya, and sits with Arya as Arya drinks it. This is Meredith's powerhouse solution, all herbal. She powerhouse makes a potion. Potion makes a big uh, makes a big pot of it whenever there's a first sign of any like sickness or weakness. Um, Arya thinks she has the actual flu now. <laughs> yeah, she's stressing so much, but now she thinks she has the actual flu. Uh, and what's what we got here? Uh, um, so but Meredith doesn't think that Byron knows that they have the pages, so she mm-hmm. can take them off Arya's hands. Well, because Meredith's like, I can take them, and Arya's like, don't worry, I hid them. Yeah. Hopefully in a better hiding spot. So Meredith ponders that this was all just an accident. She hopes she hopes that Byron would never intentionally hurt that girl, Allison. Right. Um. So Byron and, will be gone for a few days. So because well, now, Meredith- now Arya can't really say for sure whether or not Byron had hurt someone. Right. Byron will be gone for a few days, so this gives Meredith and Arya time to figure this out. Um, and Arya is like, I, she's looking at Meredith like, Meredith, he's my dad, and I love him and all, but uh, you want to keep us a secret? <laughs> yeah, shouldn't we be going to the cops? Which, first of all, Arya, look at your life, look at your choices. You're teaming up with Meredith? Mm-hmm. You hate this. Clearly movie, you're but, sick, yeah. Yeah. So Meredith leaves the room, and Arya thanks her. Pause. For the tea. She can't. Not for fucking my dad. Yeah, she she. I feel like nothing else out of like some lingering Arya sense of loyalty to even her mom mm-hmm. or herself. You know, yeah, really. she has to realize that she can't fully like side of Meredith. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but Meredith, for a moment there, looks so happy to have been helpful to Arya. But then as she walks away, she just looks fucking shady. And Nobody... I gotta say, she Meredith has some crazy eyes of her own as I kind of oh, shuttle yeah. through this. Yeah, she has a crazy face. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, nobody walks out of Arya's bedroom without, like, being changed by the encounter. <laughs> well, she does the thing where she, like, she smiles and walks out, and then just as she's, like, leaving, she kind of looks back again and, like, creeps out of the scene, you know? Meanwhile at Hollis, somebody's watching Byron in his office. Um, he, he, like, packs up his laptop and... Turns out the lights, leaves. Then mm-hmm. we see, a, in comparison to the other two that we've seen in this episode, we see a very tiny hoodie person follow him. Yeah, we know who this is. It's Mona. Uh, she's just watched Byron leave the office, pulls out a phone, and says, uh, he's leaving. I'll call you back. And then we get the A tag. A tag. We see another A is out by like a campground area, by, and we hear like a train whistling near the train tracks. This A pulls out the Red Queen mask from the Halloween train and the Phantom mask and covers them both up not very well in some leaves. Mm. Like, I can't tell, like, is this supposed to be a good hiding job? Like, the A has covered the evidence or, like, a really bad hiding job? Because you can clearly obviously see there's just some leaves on masks here. Yeah, I mean, like, is this A, like, you know what? I know I'm supposed to bury these things so they'll never be found, but god damn it, it's midnight. I'm mm-hmm. tired. My back hurts. I'm 20 miles from civilization. Fuck this. <laughs> well, so A has a Red Queen mask, which suggests that A was, like, working as a Red Queen, but, like, what is going on? We know Toby wasn't the Red Queen, mm-hmm. so who the and fuck... And obviously, the Red Queen was not Mona, because yeah. you can't shy away those size differences. But presumably, they were working together somehow. Right. Or maybe there was more than one. Who knows? Or um, Or possibly... Mona just, or the, you know, the A's obtained the Red Queen mask at a later time and are well, like hiding the evidence now or something. Here's what's interesting. There's two things I want to get talked about before we close this one out. One, we never heard in last episode or this episode anything about, oh yeah, everybody, now that we're in possession of Allison's body again. Yeah. You know, now that it's been returned to the police or whatever, after it's been. Just go back stolen. in the ground, I guess. Yeah, stolen for several months or weeks or what have you mm-hmm. then we need to talk about the fact that is it possible just pondering here that ella is setting up byron how do you mean well the greatest evidence to byron being shady is ella's description of his his actions that night it's what well we do the trail we basically. do know from meredith though that like he came over to see her true but ella's like the one who basically started that journey though i mean that would be a very subtle play that was a subtle ella is definitely Arya's mom true speaking of the montgomery family the next episode is called misery loves company indeed this uh, is fun episode like Arya, she literally like got sick from being messed with a like that one time basically as i think what we're reading into this Yeah, yeah uh drinking the powerhouse potion now hoping to feel better um, this is a fun episode. I don't know that an episode called Mona Mania with an exclamation point could be anything but ecstatic fun. I so really don't think it's possible. Is Jason not the prime suspect for the Red Queen now at this point? Um, you mean James Dean? Maybe. Although, I mean, I don't know. He was around a lot. 
on you know in costume on the train so he seemed pretty obsessed with lucas yeah i don't uh, know there's some live fast some die because well, this whole like lucas is acting as a go-between between jason and mona like was that him giving mona the money I don't know. I was just wondering because that was one of those loose threads was the $50,000. Oh, what else? Yeah, it's kind of hard to think of what else you'd be in contact with her for. What what else would go in that envelope? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's where we were at at the end of uh, Mona Mania. Mm-hmm. What do we got to talk about in this episode? Obviously, your title refers to Mona Vanderall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas working for the A-team, at least a little bit here and there. Right. Like, do they just, like, give him a hoodie, and they're like, look, whenever you need to do nefarious Asia, you better wear this hoodie, and, like, just kind of be extra creepy. Well, I mean, like, if somebody, like, size him up, like, okay, you're a medium. All mm-hmm. right, we have a medium hoodie. Here you go. You supply your own black pants and, like, Doc Martens. Um, here's your key card to the facility. Uh, the gym privileges are on the back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, do you have to wear the official uniform when you're carrying out a shit? Who can say? But yeah, that was S three E fifteen. We'll be back next week to talk about Misery Loves Company. Obviously about Arya. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a Marlene King episode. Uh, you bet your ass it is. It's a great episode. Mm-hmm. Written and directed. So we'll be back to talk about that next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.